Welcome to the Unlimited Creative Owning Your Eunice podcast, which is that you can come here to just find support, find knowledge, and have discussions. For today's session, we'll be talking about Junkuno, specifically along the line of if it is that Junkuno can be compared to dancehall. Today, I'm joined by Susan Beadle, an actor, playwright, a creative educator, a multi-dynamic individual, a singer, a person who I would deem to be very, very passionate about anything that she touches with her hands or voice. <laughs> so through this discussion, we'll be just engaging and pulling and probing on what is that dancehall in some ways can have some similarities to John Kuno. And so she correlates these two different forms two different practices and ways that I've never necessarily thought of before. And so I wanted this discussion to reach your ears so that you could be enlightened as well, or probably to even strengthen the conversations along the line of how it is that Giancono hasn't died. So let's join in as we hear Susan Beadle introduce herself to us. I'm so happy that you are here with me, Susan Thank Beadle. Thank you for having me, Renee Kitson. How would you describe yourself as a creative? First of all, I, I was born into a creative family. Like I'm pretty much born on stage, literally. My dad was an actor, is an actor. Um, and I was always at the theater mm -hmm. watching from the audience as a child of one of the actors, right? So it's, a lot of it is in my blood. Um, but I've been fortunate enough throughout my life to have been able to dabble in many different kinds of creativity. Mm -hmm. So I have a background in dance, I have a background in singing, but the main things that I do now would be involved in theatre. So I'm a playwright, which is the newest part of my creative functions. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, but you know, director, actor, producer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and singer, aka Erica Badu. I know you have a company, right? Soul Art. Yes. Tell me a bit about what you do there so that we can have a bit more of who you are. All right, so Soul Art by Suzanne is the name of the company. And um, we do, pre COVID, we did, we do, we're looking to do again, live, family friendly entertainment, right? Um, we've produced plays, usually faith-based, not necessarily gospel drama, but faith-based productions. We do live music shows. We did um, a collaboration with Becca recently. Rhythm Rhymes and Storytime. That was what it was called, yes. Um, and we did Optimism at Christmas a few years ago, again in collaboration with Becca. And we just want to bring back live music and plays and the amalgamating of all of the above and and just showing that art doesn't have to be one thing or the other we can create art that that is connected with art mm -hmm. um, and so for example at rhythm rhyme and story time we had visual arts and we had live music and we had poetry and we had storytelling we had food because culinary arts is an art yeah and so one of the th that's one that's what soul art by Suzanne wants to do and we also have um we started again pre-covid uh, a series of conversations called soul talk and and we, we use it to talk about um 
I don't want to say taboo topics, but topics that people don't normally talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the role of the theater and the role of the church, and do they connect or are they separate, for example? And we also have a discussion called Open Your Mouth and Talk, where we talk about a lot of taboo topics. That one is geared towards women and the silencing of women and creating a space for women to talk about things that other people told them that they can't talk about. Yeah. And so those are, you know, those are some of the things that we do with soul art. I'm not going to lie, that sounds very beautiful. Yeah, and you're doing big things. If there is one song that could, that you could say that gives you an energy and vibe to move, to create, what would that be? See, my response to that question is, has anybody ever given you one song as re- in a response to that question? Well, is, you is, how is that possible? One song? <laughs> no, 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 but you have to figure it out now. Okay, so it's not going to be one. It's not going to be no, one? because it, different songs do different things for me, right? Okay. So I love gospel music and, you know, getting, just being settled and being still, the world has a lot going on. I usually go to Travis Green. Anything from Travis Green will just kind of calm me down. But mm-hmm. getting into the creative process now, it depends on which creative process. Okay. If I'm playing a role, when I'm working on the backstory for my character, I always come up with a set list for that person. Mm-hmm. Right? Not my Suzanne Beadle set list, but the set list that would carry that person through their hard times or their joyous times or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I have a set list for each character that I play. And getting ready to go on stage, I'm listening to that set list mm-hmm. to kind of help me to move away from me and get into that person. So that's one way. That's why I say it's hard to say one song. Yeah. But if I'm getting ready now to do like to write, and I love music, right? So it can't be music that going to distract me. So that we can't play a junior gang when me I write, come here, stop and sing. Yeah. I'm bossa dancer and all these things. Mm -hmm. Right? But I love, me love Tessan, me love um, Etana, me Mm -hmm. love junior gang as I say, Taras Riley. That's my dupes right there. Mm-hmm. Chronics. Um, but when I feel, this is the one song I went got to know, right? When I feel pressed down and like stuck and I can't move, Lion Paw. Lion Paw? Because I am a lioness. Lion? You're going to go Lion Paw. Lion Paw. I am a lioness and I come from a long line of lionesses. Okay. So when I feel like I want to just sit down and think about my grandmother and think about the people that have gone before me mm-hmm. that have given me the opportunity to be able to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. On loop, repeat, on repeat. Ancestral scenes. Yeah, man. Um, Junior Tucker has some songs that I use when I'm actually writing now. Yeah. Two songs in particular. One is called Healing Me and one is called Love Somebody. And I just put them on loop. And that's what I have in my head when I'm writing. Okay. So it's hard for me to say a song. Awesome. Because there are so many different kinds of creativity that I involve myself in and different kinds of music do different things for me. So, And I know you know this question is going to come after this, which is, can you just bust a tune from one of those songs? Just, I'll be here to support you. I will be here to support you in this process. Make me just pull it up. Make me just pull it. You're going to pull it up? We're going to pull it up right now. You too. Yes. Lion uh, Paul. Lion Paul. I don't know. That line does kind of resonate with me. When my grandmother, for example, my paternal grandmother was such a hard worker. Mm-hmm. When some little things throw me off, I'm going to feel like my mother's going to go curl up in my bed. And I think of what she went through to make sure that my father was in a position to give me the opportunities that he has helped to give to me. I'm like, oh, me forgive up when. There has been so much struggle that has been before you. Exactly. So that line in that song. Really pulls. Yes, man. 
Here we go. Hey. Hey. Scoop, 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 scoop. Trump frustration and we Hey, listen. What else is there to be said? What else is there to be said? We can reach the chorus now, ready now? Hey. Can go back where they came from. Hey, shall pass by, by, yeah. Of the man in science, man, come. Lion, come. No, demon, it was Shall pass by. Okay. Listen. And, and, and <laughs> so many <laughs> segments of that song. Yeah, you know powerful. what I mean? Trample frustration and conquer stress. Who are we? Mm -hmm. If I am a daughter of the Most High King, where's stress ago? Where's frustration ago? Listen, what is that? Oh, what man. is that? Love it. So, um, one thing I've noted about you is that you're very dynamic, as you stated. And I think it's around two years ago, um, we were having a research day at the same place that we work, which is Edna Mami College mm -hmm. of the Vision and Performing Arts. Specifically at the School of Arts Management and With Humanities. Okay. So <laughs> you are doing a presentation on one of your research essays um, where you are talking about Jean Kuno mm -hmm. and its correlation or there are certain similarities that are there that, that can be seen in dancehall. Mm -hmm. And you are connecting it to one of the plays that you were in, mm -hmm. which was called Jean Kuno Jamboree. Yes, rest in peace, Aston Cook. So let me have the backstory of you being a part of that process, of being a part of that play, mm -hmm. and then going ahead to go to research about right. it. All right. So as I said, uh, John Connor Jamboree was written by the late Aston Cook, and he invited me to audition to be a part of it when it was first to have been produced. Yeah. That project fell through and it didn't happen for another couple of years so when he when it got around to being done and it was now going to be directed by michael holgate i was again invited to be a part of that process um and i loved it it was a musical i love musicals and i mean michael holgate is the great michael holgate i mean yeah anything i mean when he called me he was like so how a project would you yes you just said okay. Then I even want to know what the project is. Yeah. When the saga do it, right? Mm -hmm. And it was this project. So, um, you know, it was a really fun experience. But the story has um, a couple of storylines. One of which being just the 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 death, for want of a better phrase, of John Kono. Mm -hmm. That the the young people don't don't connect with it. They're not interested in it. They don't think it's important. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the community was in a, a bit of a pickle mm -hmm. and they wanted to use John Connor to kind of save them and the young people were not on board. And then because they wanted the dance hall to be the thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was an eventual merging of the two to help them to get out of the problems that they were in. So that's a general, general idea. I mean, there are lots of other storylines, but the general idea of the play. So fast forward a couple of years now, I'm doing my master's and I'm doing a course called Festivals of the Caribbean mm -hmm. with the great Dr. John Hunt. 
Hi. Hi, John uh, Hunt. From Barbados. From Barbados. And, He's um, a wonderful. He's absolutely amazing. Wonderful. And so and we got an, an assignment to mm -hmm. do, and I was kind of thinking about, okay, what folk form, what festival of the Caribbean do I want to write about? Because it's, it's one of the things I taught when I was teaching at the high school level. I taught Caribbean cultural forms, right? Traditional folk forms. And um, I kept coming back to John Kono, coming back to John Kono and thinking, okay, you know, it's interesting. I don't really see a lot of writings about John Kono. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing so some cursory readings and I came upon this article called Is John Kono Dead? And there's another article that I came upon that said, Mr. John Kono is walking down the road or something like that. And I was like, huh, okay, it's kind of similar to, and it brought me back to the play. Mm -hmm. And so in just kind of figuring out what angle am I going to take, I just, you know, reread the play, watched video clips from it, read and did some research and just came upon some what I found to be some very interesting things, mm -hmm. right? Now, and I told you I was going to say this, this is not a doctoral thesis, it's <laughs> a e our essay assignment. Yeah, but one essay. It no matter. It started this discussion. Indeed. You know, yeah. we have to have this discussion here. So let's roll. <laughs> right. So the idea that I'm, 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 I'm positing and, and the name of the paper was, is John Connor dead or has it reemerged in the dancehall space? A mm. critical analysis of Aston Cook's John Connor Jamboree, right? So I'm looking through the lenses of John Connor Jamboree to discuss this idea. If it is that we're supposed to give a description to what John Cooney is, what would that be? All right, so it's a, a traditional folk form, mm -hmm. indigenous to Jamaica. There, it exists in other Car Caribbean, countries. Caribbean um, territories. It's a masquerade folk form, mm -hmm. yes? And it is a, a mixing, as with most of the other folk forms, of Afrocentric pretensions, Eurocentric pretensions, right? It usually happens around Christmas time and it's a street parade kind of thing. So you have people in different costumes and they play different characters and they run go around the communities and they scare the kids and the, the adults come out and they, they you know they collect money and, and it's a part of the Christmas street celebrations mm -hmm. traditionally. We don't really see it around much. The the the, the thing that came to me is you know, we're in the Caribbean, we're a Creole region. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're made up of many different elements. You know, some territories might consider themselves to be plural societies, but by and large, we're a Creole and we're, we're very synch syncretic in nature. And so many different things have come together to form a new thing, which is the Caribbean culture, the Caribbean mm -hmm. reality. And same with all of our cultural forms. Different elements, Afrocentric elements, Eurocentric elements have come together and a new thing has been created. Mm -hmm. So if you have all of these elements within all, within this particular environment, this social historical environment, and out of the, the mixing of all of those things comes Jankono. If you stamp out Jankono, all of the elements still exist. The setting still exists the social and historical reality still exists. So something else will still pop up. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's going to keep reimagining itself and re-emerging in different ways because all the elements that created it in the first place still exist. And so I found it interesting that in Aston Cook's John Connor Jamboree, he so easily, was able to very easily weave together John Connor and Dance Hall. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at the elements of John Kono and to see whether or not those elements exist within the dance hall space. Mm -hmm. 
And so we looked at things such as, and, and, and when I speak about the dancehall space now, I'm speaking about my, my era, right? What you mean? Realize, say you want to talk about nowadays dancehall, which men I know nothing about. You know, no, you know, no, 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 um, Uncle Demon, you know, no, 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 Blink. When chop the line and the line get chopped. Yeah, bang the line and the line get bang. Wake up every morning. I'm a chop. And a chop not stop. Where you know about that? Where you know about that? No? Nothing. Nothing? All right. So let's talk about so, your era. Right. But, but the point, the point is that though, these elements that I'm talking about keep re-emerging. So I'm sure if you were to have my father sitting here, he could yeah. have a similar conversation with you about his era music. You, you know what I'm saying? It keeps re-emerging and re-imagining itself. So I, I, you know, the, the obvious characters, you have Pitchy Pachi, you have, um, Wild Apache, you have the devil, you have the king and the queen. Mm -hmm. And w when, when you take a close look at the dancehall space, all of these characters exist. All of them. They're all there. So for example, for me, mm -hmm. Pitchy Pachi was the role he played in Junkono. One of the things that was interesting to me when I was thinking about this paper is that even within the, the space that traditional folk forms are being preserved. So for example, the JCDC's traditional folk form competition, where that's, that's the main space, especially in Kingston. Cause you go to the country areas, you're gonna see them, right? But you don't really see them in Kingston and that's the main space where they're being preserved and, 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 you know, the children are, are encouraged to learn about them and participate in them. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of the folk forms, they're still not seeing Junkona. So even within the space that is deliberate about preserving the folk forms, there is a dearth of Junkona in those spaces. I'm going to make this point. Um, a while ago, we talked about Junkona not being as recognized as other practices. That is one of the similarities with dancehall. Because there you go. There is an essence of rawness that we don't mm -hmm. necessarily want to see and we don't want to hear. I'm, I'm going to use this ter this word in quotations. The brother come at me, but it's kind of ugly. Um, there is a character in, in Junkuna called Actor Boy, mm -hmm. and uh, the Actor Boy Awards he decided to use that character as the the, the imagery for for the Actor Boy Awards which is the, the, the theater awards in, in Jamaica. And um, we had a, a, the Actor Boy Awards organization had a big um, statuette, statuette, statuette. Figure. I don't know if it's a statue, sculpture, it's paper, sculpture. It's, it's paper sculpture. Or whatever. It was done here, I believe. A sculpture, a sculpture. Um, or if it wasn't done here, it's repaired. Whenever we need repairs, we'll come here. And it's life-size, and we have it. And people think it's so ugly. And I'm like, why do you think it's ugly? Is it because it's Afrocentric in nature, in, in the way it looks? So, Jankono is not, is not like other street parades where you have, you, got, you, know, you, you have all these pretty costumes that are made with feathers and sequins mm -hmm. and so on. It's poor people costume. Piece of cloth and wire and so on, so on, so. And so it's not as... Aesthetically appealing, I guess, or which is as or as beautiful as Pretty Masquerade, which is like Carnival. I was trying not to go there by oh. calling any names, but yes. All right, we we dropped the shade. Right, I dropped it, not Susan B. Right? So yes, and I agree with you that 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 particular thing is another link with with Junkuno and dancehall, mm -hmm. because dancehall is seen as ugly. And then even when I look at one of the researchers um, that talk about dancehall, Caroline Cooper, she talk about 
the rawness as being the reality. And sometimes we don't want to see the reality. We don't want to acknowledge ourselves. We don't want to look in the mirror. And so that level of consciousness pulls us back into not necessarily appreciating where we're coming from, whether it may be from the colonial or the Afrocentric kind of retention that you mentioned mm -hmm. before. So even as you started to list out the different characters, it was very relevant at that time period in which John Connor started, mm -hmm. right? So if it is that you are supposed to um, itemize these different characters in regards to connecting it to dancehall, what would your concept be on? Right. So... Um, so let us start off, for example, with there's, there's a character in John Connor called the Wild Apache mm -hmm. Indian. We have, from my time, from your a time. dancehall artist called Wild Apache, right? Supercat. He reported himself as a Wild Apache. Why? No clue. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so he could have called himself anything. He could have called himself Indian man, Wild Indian, Red man. He called himself the Wild Apache, right? What is the Apache? Apache is a kind of is a kind of Native American Indian, I think. Mm -hmm. Right, Apache chief is a is a a group of Native Americans. So it's something more along the line of like indigenous a leader, indigenous Indian leadership. Okay, right? okay. Um, so he's you know and like, he he referred to himself as well Apache, right? Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that kind of jumped out for me in terms of just being literally the same the same name. Mm -hmm. um, and as I started to say earlier. To the Pichipachi character in John Connor is kind of known as a peacekeeper. Mm -hmm. You know, the person who is always coming with messages of peace and Conscious. consciousness and, and living together in harmony and so on. And to me, again, an example of that for me would be Luciana the Messenger. Uh, probably Tyrus Riley, no. no. In my day. In, in yes, and probably Tyrus Riley, no. You make it seem like saying yeah. a part of this day, but okay, cool. So, you know, just saying, right? <laughs> because the thing is that, yes, he plays a function, but I was I was talking about the labeling. Yeah. Right? And so Luciana is labeled as the messenger. Yes. Right? And and that's why he came to, to my mind. Um, and of course, you have the devil, which is the one that stirs up trouble and... Trouble in quotations, because sometimes the trouble that is stirred up is really, as you spoke about, getting people to look at themselves and the self-consciousness, right? Yeah. But it would have been seen as trouble. And and so you have the devil character. And then I think of the Wait, war. let me just tell you of the devil character now, which is Tommy Lee in the present day. Girl, don't stop. Don't, listen, we're not going to do the Tommy Lee. Ah. No, we're not. So ah. I, I thought you were going to say cartel. What? what? Me, cartel? I My you friend, say cartel? cartel? Yeah. Because he stir up trouble and him get people to think. But, but, I, so, so let's see, wait, no, there's two different elements there. I can understand why you say cartel and I can, I can understand why I say, um, Tommy E. Because there is a deliberate, um, tone to pull on demonic kind of natures. No, but that's not what, that's not what I'm using the devil to mean for John Connor. I know, me, but when you pull on cartel now, in my, in my mindset, I'm thinking along the line of like, this person is very dynamic in terms of like, pushing the bones. Yes, and so here's, here's, okay, so here's what you just did. You created, you made the devil into demonic. Yeah. I am not looking at the devil as demonic in the, in the, in the realm of John Connor. I'm looking at the devil as poking people and getting jab, them jab. to act and getting them to think Prompt, yeah. and getting them to push against the status quo and getting them to push against injustice. That's what I'm looking at the devil as for John Connor. Mm -hmm. This this demonic approach to the devil character is, I don't think, um, comes from us. 
winner, winner, and that's why I brought it up because that's why people feel uncomfortable about junk owner. And, and that's fine, but comfort is on them. It's not on the, the junk owner character. It's on them. But is it that there is a discomfort in labeling Afrocentric based kind of practices as being wrong? Yes, and so that is the issue, right? So, which is why I wouldn't go to Tommy Lee because Tommy Lee is just wrong. Who, right, Tommy just wrong, deliberately wrong, but him just wrong. All right, Whereas just, yeah. I find that people like Cartel, and for me, it was Bounty Killer. Yeah. Right? The warlord. Again, yeah. the labeling. He right? literally labeled himself as that. As a warlord, a poor people governor. So yeah. he got people to, 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 to want to rise up and push against the status quo. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, that, that's where the similarity comes in. And then, of course, you have the king and the queen of the dance mm -hmm. hall, right? So you have the dance hall king, be it cartel, be it being a man, depending on yeah. which lens you look through, and going back further, it would have been somebody else. You have the queen. dance hall queen, Car um, Carlini Abspice. So people that label and themselves no, these wait, things. And then now you have princess um, people associated with, like, and then you have prince. You have the princesses. Or we could associate Sensia with being the bride. You have the set girls. And, you know, so there are... Big belly woman, who would you put in that category? You tell me. What happened to like Pampate? Yeah, but you say you're looking at big belly woman as in size. No, I'm looking at the the changes in body, changes okay. in the figure and its representation to fertility and so value. Th that's what I was going to know. The whole, you know, the issue about of fertility and about to give birth and, and what that means and all of that. You also had asked me before now about Hosshead. Yeah. Right? And I, cause I didn't have, I didn't have belly woman and Hosshead in my paper. Yeah. Right? Cause it, I mean, if we were to do all of the characters, it would, it yeah. wouldn't end. But when I thought about that, I'm thinking about, you know, the purpose of scaring people and immediately I went to scare them crew and elephant man. Big up to scare them crew. What? Give me one of the songs. Let me scare them cool. Elephant Man was ahead of scare them cool. They, they, they were like the openers of Bounty Killer. Okay. Right? So they're from that era. And um, of they had chucking vibes them. and you had scare them cool. Chucking vibes. You mean like they were dance? Were they dance up? No, they're they're dance out. They're DJs. Okay. DJs and a singer. So they had Nitty Kochi as a singer and Boom Danim. Anyway, look them up. Age. Age. Right. <laughs> And, and, but, sorry, but sorry. Scared, I mean, the name is, is self-explanatory. They yeah. were just high energy and just all over the place and then performed mm -hmm. from off of the rig and yeah. all over the place. It was just, the energy was just, it's know, a different, yeah, it's a, a different, different level now. A different kind of dance hall space. But yeah, so all of those things. But then also, uh, outside of the characters, there are other elements to John Kono mm -hmm. that I find existing in the dance hall space. So we're talking about costuming and we're talking about masking and we're talking about the music. We're talking about the, the, the time of day, for example, you know what I mean? Evening into night and that kind of thing. So there, there are many different connections. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people might say, well, what people wear to the dance hall is not really a costume or what, you know, where is the masking? But when you look at, at and it, it brought back to me, I was thinking about it last night, um, the movie Dance Hall Queen, there's a scene in there mm -hmm where Italy played the original dance hall queen mm -hmm. that Audrey Reed's character went up against. And she drove up to a, a place, a, a restaurant or something, in her normal clothing self. And people were looking at her like, Why is she and here? And that's how she looks. Mm -hmm. No, that's how she looks because when she's in the dance hall, 
She transformed. She is masked and costumed. Yeah. So when she just drive up to the restaurant for buy some food as her normal self, nobody like they were almost not able to recognize her. So the idea for me in the dance hall, as it relates to masking, you're talking about the makeup and and the wigs and the lashes and 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 you know all of what goes into creating that face to go to the dance hall. And then I read um uh an article by, I'm going to say Donna Hope. I think it was Donna Hope. It could have been Sonia Stanley, but I think it may have been, I think it was Donna Hope, where she just, she went to a dance hall to observe for one of her, her books. And mm -hmm. a lady came in dressed in a skirt and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And as soon as she arrived, she transformed her clothes. So the t-shirt come off and the skirt roll up and pull up and became a mini skirt and the brassiere became the blouse and her entire outfit that the clothes she wore now became an outfit for the dancer yeah right so the whole idea of costuming and masking to me are two of the other elements that exist in both spaces mm -hmm. but um when we look at the masking element as well it is also a form of protest a form of protest in terms of Yes, John Cullen started within a time period of questioning the supposedly leadership and leadership meaning colonial rule mm -hmm. and then the mimicry of these different different kind of elements that were deemed as valuable mm -hmm. and knowing that blackness was seen as something that was just as labor. Right. When we look at the dancer space, it is like you're detaching yourself from the essence of what labor is, which is like your workflow or this everyday kind of thing that you are supposedly doing. And when you come into the dancehall space, it's more along the line of like, I am more than that. Mm -hmm. And I'm bringing value to myself as an individual. And I can be whoever I want to be. Hence the masking and the costuming. So exactly. you take on a character. So, so even just the idea of having characters in Junkuno, that is an element of Junkuno that exists in the dancehall space. Yeah. Because in the same way that, that this, this character in Dancehall Queen drove up and people almost didn't recognize her because she was in her normal life. Yeah. When you go to the dancehall and you see both the men and the women in this performance mode, when you see them in them real life, that's not them. Mm -hmm. Whether they are teacher, security guard, vendor, doctor, whoever they are in their normal everyday lives, mm -hmm. they transform into something else within the dancehall space. And and perhaps also one of the things that the masking does is to allow for a kind of shedding of inhibitions and a kind of freedom. Yeah. And hence that's why children are scared because There you go. Pitchy can get very loose and gets go. in your face. Because you don't know who it is. You don't it's know. It's covered and you, you don't know who it is, yeah. You don't know and as you as you're talking about that kind of experience, um, I read the article that you said um, came from the Gleaner. It's dated back to 2001. Called the article that you titled um, is John Kuna dead, right? And it made you question, like, if there's any hope in your perspective, is there any hope for the practice to be to be deliberately reemerge yes. and right. also to see where else in your mind where you probably have seen this reemergement of uh, masquerade taking place right one i don't think it is dead because i think it exists in other ways in other spaces mm -hmm. right for example within the dancehall space 
And so in that way, it has not died. However, if we're going to talk about it in its in the form that we are accustomed to, that we're familiar with, I think one of the ways that we can have hope for it to, to, to be resuscitated is experience exploring and exposing the young people to the fact that there are these lines of connection mm -hmm. and therefore getting them interested in Jankono. If we can show them, you know, you know, you sit on there and watch young people. I sit and I watch young people coming up with dance moves, for example. And, and they think that they're so original, original and creative. And I'm looking at them like, yeah, but we came up with that 20 years ago. And if I show it to my dad, he's going to say the same thing. So if we can show the connections to the youth, if we can show the connections, the persons who are interested in the dance hall space, if we can show them that there's a direct link between dance hall and Jankono, then we can get them interested in Jankono, or at least curious. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it would legitimize the need for having Jankona exist so that they can see and they can explore and they can borrow from mm -hmm. and, and all of these things. So I think there's hope. I think because it has not, like I started off by saying, the elements that created Jankona, they still exist. And the, 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 the circumstances that existed, that caused Jankona to exist, still exist. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. social environment still exists. The historical environment still exists. And the individual elements still exist. So when you throw them all together, something is going to emerge. And that thing will have direct connections to what had emerged before. And so if we can expo explore these connections and expose the connections to the dance hall space now and let them say, hey, you know, say, then perhaps we can um, light a fire of interest in the youth to say, all right, so why this stay so? Why dirt's coming like Dinky Minnie? There you go. And, and, and oh, so when we look at Dinky Minnie, then no? Which part did Dinky Minnie come from? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Why this looks so? Why that looks so? Why, why, why we never call, call her the Empress of Mm -hmm. the dance hall or the emperor. You understand what I'm saying? Where do these things come from? And if we can get them, and, and that's why a place like Edna College is so important, where we can connect the present to the past, the contemporary to the traditional, and, and show them that there are direct links. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it hasn't really died. It has reimagined itself. In the same way that we want our young people to, to understand their past. Mm -hmm. And we talk to them about Marcus Garvey all the time and a tree without, you know, people without knowledge of their past is like a tree without roots. That's a part of your past. Mm -hmm. This is some of the, this is the same way that these people came up with these things. It's the same way you're coming up with these things. No, let's connect them and let's, let's not pretend that they don't exist. You know, one thing that came to mind a while ago is the usage of social media. Mm -hmm. And how it is that the same kind of characters can also be seen on that platform in a performative kind of space, even though we don't necessarily know what to call the performers or that they don't call themselves actors, but they are content creators on social media. Mm -hmm. I see the character of Big Belly Woman on Reels, on TikTok, and I don't even, I personally don't even know if they have, they have the consciousness of recognizing that. That is similar. In the, the type of mockery right. that they have created around the female figure and used it as a form of entertainment, which many persons associate mm -hmm. with, with the Big Belly One because right. it's how the movement and body would go and people find it very interesting. Mm -hmm. 
but where where does that lie in connecting that to the youth or even just the element of using technology can also right. be a hindrance as well so here's the thing now you see that that whole thing about the big belly woman and, and those characters and the mockery and so on and they're always being done by men yes all the characters in Junkun are played by men including the big belly woman yeah traditional Junkun does not have women players and so even that in and of itself comes from somewhere Right, so when you go to look at Roots Place, for example, yeah, and the original, you know, when they were just coming out, and you had um, all these male characters playing these comedic female roles, all of that is coming from somewhere. The idea of it is not, oh, Eureka, I just thought of something. No, it has a connection. It's coming from somewhere, and if those characters and those content creators can resonate with the youth, it means that the source of it would resonate would resonate with the youth. What it is left. What is left to be done is for somebody to say, okay, connect the dots. how are we going to connect the dots? How are we going to expose the youth to this in a way that they understand the connections? Yeah. You know, like, so for example, the course that we teach, mm -hmm. where we've asked the students to pick a folk form and reimagine it. Several of them did Jankono because we forced them to go and find out what these folk forms are. Mm -hmm. We force them to look at the elements of the folk forms and to think about their contemporary reality mm -hmm. and how they could connect them. So those are some of the ways that we can get the students interested. But it has to be deliberate, though. Yeah. Because in their mind, their world is what the reality is. They're not thinking of the connections in the same way that in my day, my world, I wasn't thinking of the connections. And the people who came up with Jankono probably weren't thinking about the African connections. You understand? Everybody mm -hmm. thinks that their world is it. So we have to find ways to connect them. You know, through our discussion, as we wrap up, there are a few things that I recognize that must be done for the 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 concept of cultural retention and we know that culture is man-made we know that's very organic we know that some things go some mm. things stay and then there's some things that you can actually fight for or sustain the first thing is we've got black road over by jcdc well i know we're not going to block road but we have to pull forth some kind of questioning of why at least have a have an answer to that question Right. How does it relate towards curriculum development? How does it relate towards community-based kind of initiatives as this could be some form of community activity that bonds us, same way like other play states right. um, that you refer to? And also, how does the concept of Jankuno are just even masquerading re relates to us as Caribbean natives. Right. And so this is what just rolled in my head as so, we were discussing. So I don't know if blocking the role, because the, the, the fault is not the JCDCs. The no. JCDC has created a platform and they have said, these are all the cultural forms from the region. Feel free to enter the competition. There is a reason mm -hmm. that Jankona as a cultural form is not resonating with the people that enter the competition. JCDC can't force what the competitions are but it's a it's a or what the entries to the competition are mm -hmm. but it's a perfect opportunity for a connecting mm -hmm. between the jamaica cultural development commission and the endomandy college for the visual and performing arts to say all right hey we yeah. realize that would you agree that when you look at your traditional folk forms junkun is missing mm -hmm. what can we do to fix that 
-hmm. because they're not going to mandate to people oh you have to enter the junk on a competition yeah the competition is there for people to pick and choose what they want to do um what i also find with the traditional folk forms is that in most cases it's just little kids that put, that enter it by the time they get to high school they're not doing it anymore yeah because it's a it seems like a fun activity at that time for kids and you don't have much but questioning. also the mm -hmm. teachers are the ones that make the decisions when we get to the high school the students are have more, more agency in what they do so how do we get the students interested and so that they will choose it and i'll share one last thing with you as you say as we're wrapping up um in 2001, I took a group of students to Antigua to perform in a, a Caribbean drama festival competition. Mm -hmm. And we were, it was, it was regional, so the different countries were grouped together, mm -hmm. and we were grouped with Dominica. Dominica and Trinidad, but we're talking about Dominica for the purpose of this conversation. Dominica is all about their culture. And so everywhere they go, they have them drum, they have this, and they just sing, and they, they love their culture. They have a Creole day mm -hmm. in Dominica where everything is done in Creole, Parliament, the news, everything. Mm -hmm. And so they were on the bus with us, and they were playing their drum and singing all these songs, and including Bujabantan and Bob Marley and all kind of something, something, something. And so the students kind of really connected with those students, and we went on a beach trip once, and they were playing ring games, the Dominicans. And my students were so fascinated with these ring games and they learned all the ring games and they spent the whole day playing ring games with the Dominican students. And then they came home and taught the rest of the club all these ring games. And I'm looking at them like, you know, say if me did come to you and say, come <laughs> teaching us some ring game, <laughs> then would I run me? <laughs> right, so how do we present these things in such a way that the older children, the teenagers become interested in it? It's something for us to think about. Mm -hmm. And for us to collaborate with the specialists that the JCDC has to, have to, has to offer or, you know, go to the parishes where these things still exist and say, all right, how can we oh. capture the imagination of the young people? It's up to us. They're not going to go out and say, okay, what are we not thinking of? Let's go think of it. No, we yeah, have to do it. That's even a bigger question, bigger, bigger, bigger question, because then we're talking about urban space against rural spaces and supposedly what is deemed as um, uptown, downtown. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, 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 that, and my, paper, my paper referred to that, that as well. That In terms of like the social hierarchy that um, John Kunu poses us to put a question on, like who has value, who doesn't have value? So one of the interesting things that Aston Cook did in his play is that he used John Kunu and he pitted it against quadrille. Yeah. A lot of the traditional forms are a nice amalgamation of Eurocentric and Afrocentric. Mm -hmm. But I find with John Connor, it's on the face of it, it's, it looks very Afrocentric. Yeah. And when you look at Quadrille, on the face of it, it looks very Eurocentric. And so that's how he, that's, those are the two that he pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. And in the paper, it read John Connor versus Quadrille as country versus tone or uptown versus downtown. So that's the kind of dichotomy that we have. And um, there's so many conversations to have, so many conversations to have. But the, 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 the key to the question that you asked about hope is we have to find a way to engage the youth and to show them the connections and to show them that, yes, you are interested in this. So just hold my hand right now. So we are going to start this, Miss Beetle. We're going to start. We have it on camera here. We have it recording in audio. We are going to make it happen. Starting with you and I, the man in the mirror, as the wise poet Michael Jackson said. Um, 
<laughs> you remember what I said earlier about the bullying? This is how it is packaged, as if she's asking a question. No, we are going to look in the mirror and we are going to make it happen. So, <laughs> anything that you'd like to state that um, you feel like is just like, this is exactly where it is for you in terms of what that experience of doing that research paper taught you and how it relates to you as an individual. Not necessarily society, because we understand how that role, but right, you well, as an individual. It, it, it taught me that there are, there are strings that connect me both back and forward. Yes, no man is an island, and, and which is, go back to Taras Riley and ancestral you know, things. Ancestral things, right? So I have, I have connections, mm -hmm. and I connect. So there are young people that are looking at me as their connection in the same way that I am looking back at connections. So what I teach and leave with becomes now important because I have been taught and things have been left with me. So I now need to make sure that I am teaching and leaving and, and connecting with the young people. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thank you. Thank you for making it on the Unlimited Creative Owning Your Unis podcast. We as Jamaicans and Caribbean natives, we are going to own up ourselves. Yeah. And um, next time we'll, you know, next time when we come back on this platform, we'll be talking about that same program that we're going to put together. Right? Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Don't look in the camera sarcastically. We got this. We can do it together as a team. As I said, we are going to pass on the information to our children and they will also pass it on to their children as well. Indeed. And bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Until then. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this session. Follow me on Instagram at Rennie Kitson for more inspiration. Remember that you are enough and that only you can be you. Just go and own up your units now. Boom, bang, bang. <laughs>